There he is. Holy cow. Is this an Indy 500 winner? No, they say so. Well, that's the word I'm, on I'm the I'm still not sure. <laughs> I'm still not sure if it's real or not, my friend. <laughs> is this real life? <laughs> <sighs> well, let me pretend I'm professional. Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and your week in IndyCar guest episode. Marcus, we used to do these all the time, and I took the first six months of the year off because things got a little bit busy. So last week I fired the uh, guest uh, IndyCar shows back up with our pal Beth Peretta. And so here, uh, P2 uh, on the guest episode list, but P1 in our hearts, Marcus <laughs> Erickson, boys and girls. How you doing, brother? I'm good, thank you. It's been uh, it's been a crazy few weeks here, or a month and a half even. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm actually down in Mexico with my girlfriend, having a little bit of a holiday here for five days. So I feel like uh, I feel like we deserve that after the yeah the last month and a half. Well, among the many things I appreciate about you, when I texted you yesterday to say, "Hey, you want to come on the show?" You said, "Yep, you bet." Sure. Didn't mention you're on vacation, Marcus. Had you, I would have said no. Go enjoy yourself. I, Don't talk to me. I always, uh, I always have time for you, my friend. No. And you know, you can't lie in the sun all day, right? So it's, it's a good break. You <laughs> might burst into flames, right? Come on, man. Exactly. You, exactly. you, you, and I, we don't hail from people who are meant to be in the sun all day. But uh, you know, this, this pale, pale skin on, on, on me—that's uh, that's way too milly vanilla <laughs> for being in the sun all day. I tell you that. So you might actually need to wear your uh, number eight uh, Chip Ganassi Racing Husky Chocolate Fire Suit just to keep from going into flames. So, uh, uh, yeah. Something like that. Well, why don't we say, as always, say big thanks to Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers and TorontoMotorsports.com for, for supporting all that we do as I lose control of my lips here for just a moment. We have a bunch of great questions, Marcus, and, and you've been on, joined us many, many times and always been really... Uh, really sweet with folks so why don't we why don't we just kick off here with dan rice he says hey marcus congrats on the indy 500 win he says social media was flooded with your exploits in the following week after indy what was the most uh, unexpected thing you got to do following the indy 500 yeah it's uh first of all thank you and, and then you know it was it was definitely a crazy week there following the, the 500 Actually, like since the checkered flag, it was pretty much full schedule every minute of the day and night. It felt like until like we got to Detroit the following weekend, and uh, uh, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, you know that New York trip we did like thirty six hours in, in in New York. That was super cool. Uh, I went to you know ring the opening bell at the Nasdaq and up to uh, on Empire State Building and then throwing the first pitch at the Yankees game. So it was like super, super cool day that I definitely will always remember. That so, wasn't a bad was, throw either. I got to say, a lot of people uh, skip the I thing. Know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, look, I'm just saying, there there's some hilarious uh, first pitches gone wrong videos out there. Thankfully, I, I tell you, you're not I one of them. You, I, I got sent all of those and like don't do this don't do this don't do this so i was pretty much freaking out there so yeah i'm happy i managed to sort of do it okay and I, it, i'm happy it didn't become like a yeah a gift or a meme going around the internet for the rest of the eternity oh <laughs> amen 
Well, I mean, we've got a couple folks who've asked uh, this in a variety of ways, but have you been able to sit quietly? And maybe this will happen here on, on your vacation, but have you had a chance to sit in peace and just process and digest what happened uh, to you on May 29 in Indianapolis? Because we know it's a life-changing thing for any first-time winner, but curious if you've had a chance to sit and let this process and soak in. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And, and I think, like you say a bit there, I think this week now, uh, coming here on vacation, uh, me and Iris, you know, I think we talked about that very thing like the other night here when we were having dinner and sort of trying to sort of just, yeah, realize what's happened and, and i think this week is the first time since the win that i'm actually can sort of sit back a bit bit and then take a deep breath and, and you sort of realize what 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 actually has happened the last few weeks and that i actually won that race you know and, and, and that we did it so uh it's starting to sink in a bit more like i said this week it's starting to feel a bit more that i sort of understand what have happened but i think still it's gonna it still sort of catch me out when people say Indy 500 champion or winner Marcus Ericsson. It's like, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of look over your shoulder like, who? What? Oh me, <laughs> yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's amazing, dude. Uh, why do we go to Jim Johnstone, who says congratulations on the Indy 500 win? He is curious though. He wonders if there are any parts of you, knowing how good things have been going for you in IndyCar, if you'd made this move to IndyCar sooner. He says, or do you feel your time, all the time you spent in F1, maybe help prepare you for the success that's been coming here in IndyCar? Yeah, I, I, I'm not the kind of person that sort of want to change what have happened. I'm, I'm, I'm a true believer in that everything that happens in your life is, is helping you become who, who you are, you know? And yes, I did have five very tough years in F1, and then there was always you know, not always enjoyable running in the back of the field and, you know, very frustrating and then mentally very tough to, to not be able to show what you can do or show your development. So it was definitely very tough. But at the same way, I think that it's helped me and that mental toughness that I gained from those years, you know, those kind of things helped me, for example, during that red flag in the 500 with two laps to go to help me, you know, push away all the thoughts and just go into the bubble and then and, and go out and deliver that last two laps and win the biggest race in the world. So I think in, in a way, you know, I, I wouldn't change anything that has got me where I am today. Um, yes, it, it was tough in F1, but in, in the end of the day, I think it's shaped me to the person and driver I am today. Totally hear what you're saying there as well. I mean, the wanting to skip to the good parts of life, it's something that if we were born with little fast forward remote controls in our hands, we'd probably use them. But I'm so thankful for all of the years I spent Marcus with whatever teams, many of them not excellent. And while success was certainly a very rare visitor, I do vastly appreciate all of the small teams, midfield teams, or just poorly run teams that helped me learn how not to do things or boy, that, that, that isn't working. We have to figure out whatever it is, uh, a, a better way to do things. So I'm with you. Even if those were five mostly painful years in F1, 
you are loaded with all kinds of really beneficial knowledge to bring with you to whatever your next step happened to be. Fortunately, it's here in IndyCar. You're leading the championship again, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I fully agree with you. And yeah, uh, it's um, it's very true, everything you said there. Why don't we go to, where do we go next? Uh, why don't we go to uh, Vincent1701. says, Marcus, have other Indy 500 winners uh, reached out to you since your win? Uh, any special words, advice, or wisdom uh, any of those other Indy 500 winners might have given you? Uh, yeah, I mean, straight away after, obviously, Simon and Helio and, yeah, and Dario and Scott and TK and all, all those guys, you know, uh, were really, you know, congratulating me and, and, and making sure I I was going to enjoy the moment and all that and, and reminding me it's a life-changing thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, no particular advice, I would say. It's just... Um, uh, yeah, obviously trying to enjoy it and, and, and knowing that it was always always be with you the rest of your life. So I think that's been the sort of biggest biggest thing. Welcome to the club, basically. Yes, yeah, basically that, basically that. <laughs> Pretty cool club to be in, yeah, i got to admit. It's, not the, it's, it's a little bit better than, you know, uh, Delta, Sky, you know, Platinum or whatever. <laughs> so, um, you know, one question that a couple folks sent in as well uh, was about the clash last weekend with your teammate Alex Pillow. Uh, I spoke with Alex yesterday, just put up a little story uh, where he mentioned that you had called on Monday, all is good. Tell me about that exchange, Marcus, because Alex is known as being really mellow, really super sweet. Man, his blood pressure was up a little bit, at least in the TV uh, interview um, during the race there, but Tell me about you calling him. Uh, I when he told me you were the one to reach out, I was like, you know, that's a very Marcus thing. I respect that. But tell me, or for folks who don't know, tell folks what it's like to try and clear the air with a teammate. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, I saw I saw his reaction uh, on on the TV uh, after the incident, and 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 like I said on the radio, and and also after the race, you know, the, the last thing I wanted was to. You know, being have an incident with my teammate, and and that leads to a retirement for him. So you know, I was I was very very sorry for that outcome, but at the same time, you know, I was very clear in in the way I I felt like it was a very good move, and and there was nothing wrong in that racing move uh, that I did, uh, even though like I said, the outcome was was not uh, what I wanted. Uh, but yeah, I I I just felt like you know, I didn't want to call Alex right away on on Sunday. I felt like we both probably would would cane on sleeping on it and sort of calm calm down and and me and Alex you know we've been teammates now it's it's our second year together we share a driver room and we have such a good relationship and, and work so well together and I definitely don't want to lose that um, so yeah I, I just wanted to reach out to him and, and sort of clear the air a bit and we had a good chat there on on Monday morning um, I think it's fair to say that we we disagree a bit about the situation which is which is fine. But I think that the biggest thing is that uh, I feel like both of us will, will be able to move on from it and still work well together and respect each other and, and don't have any hard feelings against each other. So I think that's the main thing. And I think he appreciated me reaching out to him and, and you know, talking about it. So, uh, yeah, as, as far as I see it, I think we can we can move on and, and 
and go racing together as a team and, and keep this great atmosphere that we have in Chip Nasty Racing. I love it. Gabe Perrin is picking up Marcus on your leading the championship. He says he's curious. Is there one thing on your mind uh, that you need to do to hold on to the championship lead and come home with your first IndyCar title? Is there a mindset or a specific approach you have been taking or will take for the rest of the year? Or are you just letting things flow? I think I need to just, or we need to do what we've been doing since Detroit last year. You know, the last 12 months, uh, the, the eight car has been the biggest point scorer in the championship uh, for those last 12 months. And if you do the math, if we continue to do that for the rest of the year, we will be champions. So I think uh, that's a good point that we've been talking about, me and Brad Goldberg, my engineer, and Michael Barra, my strategist, you know, that. We just got to keep doing what we've been doing the last 12 months because it's obviously been working pretty good. So I think that is an important thing that we just because we're leading now and have a good position, we, we can't stop, you know, we cannot start thinking too much and like, oh, we need to finish in this position or we need to be this and this. Like, I think we just need to keep doing what we've been doing because it's been extremely successful. And if we can, can continue that, it's going to be extremely tough because it's the most competitive championship in the world and it's so many fantastic drivers and teams that we're up against. But I think we, we're going to have a really good chance of, of winning it if we, if we can keep our heads down and, and do what we've been doing. Next question here is on your development as a driver. This comes from Brock Bolton. It says you've gone from strength to strength since 2019. It says the, the progression has been extremely impressive. I'm curious, is there any one thing or couple things you've observed that have helped you unlock these new levels of performance, Marcus? Is there anything you, you feel internally, or do you think it's a team culture thing, or what do you think it is? Because you just, again, keep getting better and better. Yeah, I think I think the key there is the progression. You know, I came into IndyCar after five very tough years in F1 with a self-confidence that was pretty much in the bottom. And uh, and I've been working extremely hard every year, and I feel like every year, if you look at the stats, you know, I've finished 17th the first year, 12th the second year, 6th last year. So it's like a steady progression every year, and now we're leading the championship and it's fighting for the championship. So I think if you look at that, it's, it comes down to hard work and, and learning from what I do. You know, I'm, I'm a big... Uh, uh, the way I work, you know, I, I analyze a lot. I, I work a lot between races before the seasons, and 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 I have a extremely good relationship with my engineer Brad Goldberg, and we are thinking racing the same way. So I think that's been a huge thing for me to be able to work with Brad. Now we're in our third year together, and and he has a big big part in in my success, in our success as a team, and 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 I think that's a big thing. And then I think the other thing that is extremely big is just confidence you know confidence is such a beautiful thing when you have it mm. and i didn't have much confidence when i came here after those five years in f1 and i've been slowly building that up over the years and last year when i got that first win gotta remember it's eight years since i lost one race until i won that race in detroit uh, 12 months ago and that was a huge boost for me and then i sort of been building on that and you can imagine how much of a boost i got from that 500 win two weeks ago and i'm gonna build on that as well so there's a lot of things, but uh, th that's some of the biggest reasons I feel like that I've been able to sort of take steps every year and be on that level that I am at the moment. I love it. We uh, 
find something here that's that's a little bit related. Uh, where do, where should we go here? We go to it's just a lot of letters and numbers uh, at T three eighty four. Curious if you've had any F one drivers reach out to you since you won the Indy five hundred, uh, and also whether you continue to get inquiries from friends, uh, driver friends in Europe, F one or otherwise, who uh, asking about IndyCar and whether that's something uh, you would recommend they try. So, uh, I guess what's the uh, the inbound messaging? been like since uh since the 500 marcus yeah it was it was funny uh i got the audio message from from charles and he was you know super happy for me and, and we still keep in touch so that was cool uh charles Leclerc, that is and then i got a fun uh, video from daniel ricardo who's a good friend of mine since yeah long before f1 even and he sent a video and saying how you know how cool he was and how happy he was for me and he was like you even you have definitely bigger balls than me now bro like <laughs> that's awesome so you know he's his usual funny funny himself so yeah that was definitely cracking up uh, watching that video and then yeah kevin and, and pierre and, and some other guys as well have reached out with messages so it's been it's been cool you know it's it's definitely, you know, the F1 world is definitely taking notice on, on the 500. There's no question about that. Well, that's also really cool just on a personal level, though, right, Marcus, to know that you haven't been in F1 for a little while now, but you made strong enough friendships and relationships. And I know many of them you came up with, so it's not like you just met all of them in F1. But I just think it's also cool to see that you have taken your career in a different direction you're you're maybe no longer part of that club but just to hear that uh you know that 25 plus percent of the f1 grid is reaching out congratulating you and just celebrating you uh, tells that uh, i mean to be honest that's also something that folks maybe don't understand enough about you and that is you're a real teammate you're a real friend you're someone who doesn't uh, kind of sequester yourself uh, in how you go about your career. You're someone who's, who's open, builds really good and strong friendships, and those things all benefit you. So just really cool to hear a, a reflection of that uh, from a lot of folks that you've grown close with over the years in F1. I agree. I agree for sure. What do we go to uh, at CM Parfait 16? It says, Hi, Marcus. Care to recommend... Uh, to us, your favorite local snacks. So uh, I don't know exactly what local. I don't know if we want your favorite yeah, okay, hey, is that Mexican snacks, or? Indianapolis, <laughs> or, uh, Sweden, Tulum. Yeah, uh, but hey, if folks were going to go hit Google and search for uh, snacks that would make them feel like you and they could be you, what should they go searching for? Oh, snacks. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, for mostly the American people listening here, I think they should go to Ikea and, and pick up some, you know, uh, Swedish candy there. You know, we have some good uh, chocolate, unfortunately not husky chocolate, uh, but they have some other good chocolate there. Some other, uh, they have always on the Ikea, this like uh, delicacy shops with Swedish delicacies and they should just browse through there a bit and then pick up some stuff. Then they will feel like, uh, true sweet and then i will um yeah highly recommend that <laughs> good man good man let's see uh, our friend mitsuki matsura is uh hitting the wayback machine to 
your Caterham F1 day says, back in 14, could you believe then that of the Caterham uh, F1 teammates, one would win the 24 hours of Le Mans, that being uh, Kamui Kobayashi, and the other would win the Indy 500? Um, that is a bit of a crazy thing to think about, right, Marcus, to know that back then it probably felt like the world was falling on top of you and nothing good was ever going to happen. Maybe Kamui as well, but <laughs> here you guys are, pretty good place. Yeah, no, that is pretty crazy, actually. It's a fun, fun uh, stats or we have thoughts there. And uh, yeah, Kamui is an absolute legend and we had so much fun that year, even though our car was terrible and we were, yeah, just hanging on to trying to not be in the way of all the other cars pretty much <laughs> all year. Uh, but yeah, hey, Camus is a, an amazing driver and, you know, obviously a legend in, in sports car racing and happy for his success for sure. No doubt. I would love to have him over here, Marcus. I think that would be, uh, he would, he would be like perfect for IndyCar. He would be perfect for IndyCar. So that would be so cool. I can dream. I can dream. All right. We're going to get down to the last couple of questions here. Uh, Jonas Magnuson says, Hey, Marcus. With your recent success in IndyCar, it seems that the number of nicknames for you is growing. We have the Sneaky Swede, the Red Baron, and even the Tall Swede, which apparently is used by a <laughs> Rosenquist's race engineer. Uh, is there one you prefer over the others? Uh, or none of the uh, above? No, I think Sneaky Swede was first when it came. I was a bit like... Uh... I'm not sure, but it's thrown on me. I, I kind of like it now because I'm still, you know, even now it feels like people don't really talk about me that much. And, and I mean, it's it's quite funny. So I, I guess uh, Sneaky Sweet still is it's a, it's a very good one because it's accurate. So I think that's probably the best one. Uh, Tall Sweet is just funny because Billy there on the radio on, um, on Felix's car, he's uh, the guy who was on the radio for me when I was in with Schmidt there in 2019 and he's a very good friend of mine and, and yeah he's uh, he's always referring us to small Swede and, and tall Swede so it's, uh, it's pretty it's pretty funny and it's even yeah on the radio he's always saying like yeah tall Swede it's this and that and it just cracks me up every time I hear it yeah I do love the fact that uh, you and Felix it looks like a before and after photo you know uh, <laughs> 10 years old uh, fully grown man at 30 years old uh, let's see. Got a couple more here. Uh, at FD Alonzo asking, how much do you want to do Le Mans with the uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, Cadillac Racing, uh, GTP uh, cars that are coming up here? Um, said he's heard you've already raised your hand at the beginning of the project to uh, let me be part of it. Talk a little bit about sports cars there, Marcus. I mean, how much do you enjoy that? And is it something where you prefer to fit into your IndyCar off-season? Or could you see also doing Le Mans in June uh, in the middle of an IndyCar season without that being a distraction, if that's an option? Yeah, it's uh, it's obviously quite a new world for me. I'd never done anything uh, sports cars uh, or endurance racing related until Daytona uh, this year. And uh, and I had an amazing experience there. You know, it was so much fun, and, and I learned a lot uh, from it as well. And especially how IndyCar is these days, I think to have some kind of sports car program going in the off season is really really important and useful. Because I felt like when I came to the first race of the season, I was already sort of up to speed, and in sort of the rust was definitely off when we got there. So 
that was really really good and and the car was super nice and super fun to drive uh so i i would definitely want to do that again uh regarding le mans it's it's you know coming from europe raced in europe all my career growing up it's definitely one of those races that's on i think everyone's list and and i definitely want to do that this new uh program that the ganassi have with cadillac for 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 them on and and all that it looks super cool and super interesting and i have definitely put my interest in there and said hey i want to be part of this so let's see let's see what chip and and mike and and dog and everyone what the what they come up with and what the plan is there but uh, i'm definitely gonna be be on them and sort of mm, tell them that i definitely want to be in because i think that would be super cool to be part of Okay, so this next question, I think I've been asking it uh, to you now for, th- this will be the third year. Uh, this comes from back from our pal Vincent1701 asking, can I get Husky chocolate here in the States? So uh, give us the status update here because you're the number one brand representative. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately, it's still unknown. Oh, uh, come on, man. What are we going to do? I know. I, I spoke to John, the CEO there, uh, after the 500, a couple of days after, and I was like, hey, pal, we need to push every button we can push here and try and get this product out to the state because we're, we're never going to get a better opportunity to sort of, you know, start, kickstart this, uh, this product in the, in, in the United States. So uh, they're working on it. They are flat out working on it. It's just... Uh, you know, they had everything set in place there in 2020, beginning of 2020, yeah. and, and it was going to launch here in the States, and it was going to be a, you know, big thing using IndyCar and everything. And then, you know, that pandemic really put everything, uh, put a stop to everything. They have been growing big in, in Sweden and Scandinavia and even Europe uh, the last year or so, or six months. Uh, so I'm hoping uh, that soon we can have it here in the States as well because it would be really fun to sort of be able to give out on racetrack and for, for fans to go and, and buy it and everything. Uh, it would be super cool. Well, I mean, there's some obvious advertising campaigns here about winners drinking milk, chocolate milk, and, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff exactly. here. So uh, you're going to sell a ton of that stuff. I love it. A um, couple more here. Obviously, you haven't been racing uh, the, the new generation F1 cars this year, uh, but we have certainly seen porpoising or bouncing as it's being called now, uh, is a, a massive part, uh, of how some teams been really negatively affected this year. Um, at nominal three twenty seven asks, uh, any ideas on ways forward to resolve, uh, these arrow issues even more, as we saw Lewis Hamilton uh, after the Baku race, clearly he was in a ton of pain getting out of the car, back problems. Uh, curious if you've either heard or have any ideas on if there are ways to, the teams that are dealing with the uh, the aero porpoising might find their way out of it uh, and also protect uh, the driver's health. Yeah, I think ideas on how to fix it i think i'm not the the guy to to ask uh but i definitely can tell that i know you know i went to miami there and spoke to some drivers and it's definitely a big concern because it's definitely not comfortable to do two hours races or one and a half hour races with all that porpoising going on and like you said you could see lewis you know, he barely got out of the car after baku race because he had so much back pain and obviously that's a situation that's you know, that can't go on to be like that. So I think uh, 
there is something they need to to figure out and 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 because in the end of the end and, and that unfortunately that's one of the problems with f1 you know that these kind of processes usually takes quite a long time because it's so complex to change different rules so i remember when i was in f1 we had still this sort of no weight uh limit and me being uh, a bit of a taller like we said tall swedes so i'm a bit taller than some other drivers and i had that weight penalty being heavier than most of the other drivers on the grid and that was a massive disadvantage for me and i was complaining for years that please put a minimum weight so we don't have to have unfair advantages to the smaller guys on the grid and it took five years and of course the first year i leave the sport they introduced this weight uh, <laughs> limit so that everyone is on the same weight uh, so yeah it, it took a while i got it through with help of some other of the taller drivers but unfortunately i never got the chance to sort of enjoy it and, and be on on the same sort of sporting level as the, the other drivers. But I think that's one of the problems with F1, that these things tend to take a long time to sort of be able to go through. So I'm hoping it's a different time here because of the, the safety uh, of the drivers. But uh, let's see. Two to go. One of them is, is more of a, uh, a comment and a nice little message to you. And then the last one we'll save is a fun question. Uh, this is from Richard Hinshaw says, uh, please share this personal joy with Marcus. So I'm usually not someone who gravitates towards individual drivers. So I love the sport, uh, more than say, I enjoy following a team, uh, and whatnot, but did say, I do love getting to know all the drivers. Uh, so I can be happy for anyone who achieves success and says, but over the past season, uh, mentioning, listening to the podcast and your appearances here, I've unexpectedly become a huge Marcus Erickson fan. I've even tried to consciously avoid this, but I find myself <laughs> pulled towards his classiness, his thoughtfulness, and what we now see is his obvious talent. It says, in the 30 Indy 500s I have witnessed, nothing has been more exciting than Marcus holding off Pato right in front of me in turn one for the victory. It said that also includes 1985 and Danny Sullivan's spin to win at my very first race. And now Marcus has cemented himself in our family's memory as a winner of the first Indy 500 for both of my boys who attended their first race here in May. Uh, just wants to say best wishes for good fortune for the rest of the season. I love that, Marcus, because you have more and more people who didn't know you when you arrived here, but have certainly become big fans of yours, not just for what you're achieving as an athlete on track, but also for just who you are as a person. I have to imagine that's maybe something fun. Did you know you were within a couple of years of coming here going to have a, a pretty solid fan base who really does enjoy you for who you are? Wow. Uh, that is just amazing. Thank you so much for that message. And, and I actually, I get goosebumps, you know, like I wish you could see, but I get definitely goosebumps from you hearing you reading that out that's um yeah that's amazing and i'm i'm, I'm very thankful uh and i'm thankful that sort of my personality can also go through the to the fans you know and, and the way i am i try and be the same person as, as i always been so yeah thank you so much all right we're going to close here with our pal zach dean and zach is a true not the exaggerated version but he is a true rocket scientist um he says kind of a fun question here from marcus he says i'm a space guy he says you're out here in the u.s so have you ever seen a rocket launch 
And uh, would you go to space if the opportunity presented itself? Spaceman Ericsson. So uh, <laughs> what do you think? I, I have not seen a rocket launch. That would be very cool to see. All right, so Zach. Definitely on, uh, that you got some definitely work here. On my list. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. We, we, we know an invitation you need to start working on here. Uh, Indy 500 winner watching a rocket launch. I think that would be a pretty easy thing to pull off. But uh, what about space? Yeah, that would be, I don't know. It's not something that I'm, has sort of thought about and, and, and it's not like a dream of mine, but at the same time, it's pretty badass, right? To go <laughs> to space. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, as long as you were the, the pilot, before. right? As long as you're the driver, yeah, exactly. as long as you're the one, exactly. I don't, I don't want to be a co-driver for sure. Not like they would have to set up, set it up. <laughs> so you forget, a like a, a throttle stick. They'd have to set that up for you with a proper, pedal maybe even a steering wheel i don't know i mean if they're if you're gonna go give you give you the tools you're accustomed to a little push to pass option what what else would we get in there i hear you i hear you yeah yeah no that's um that's definitely some some uh, adjustments made there for for making it comfortable for an indycar driver (laughs) your little husky chocolate drink bottle button i mean yeah yeah yeah. we would get you all taken care of big old number eight (laughs) in the side where would goldberg be that, that's what I want to know, because yeah. he'd be a nervous wreck. The con- c- control room, control room. <laughs> We'd have to give him sedatives, I think. Although, Angela, your your assistant uh, engineer, Angela Ashmore, she'd probably keep him. You know, she's she's the, the steely nerves on the timing stand. Uh, Goldberg, for he's sure. a puddle. He's a puddle of tears. For, so. for sure, for sure. I love it. I love it. Marcus, awesome. appreciate you, brother. Again, I didn't know you were on vacation. I would not have asked uh, had I known, but... Uh, Again, appreciate no you. No worries. This was, uh, this was fun. I enjoyed it. Thanks for all the great questions as well uh, from everyone. Yeah, well, let's say once again thanks to everybody who sent in questions, to our pal Jerry Robert Sudduth who puts the questions together for me, and also to Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers and TorontoMotorsports.com. We'll be back to you next week with another awesome IndyCar guest. <laughs>